everybody here this morning. Amen. In the house of God. A few announcements before we open up with prayer. Um, let's not forget on the 16th of this month, which is a Wednesday, we are starting services with Brother uh, Gabriel Reynolds going to Sunday the 20th and uh, praise God. Then on the 27th, Brother Timothy Olson from the Word of Life in Sioux Falls will be coming and ministering to us uh, in the afternoon service. So be aware of that. Also, um, <clears throat> and uh, school begins here on the 17th, if I'm correct. And uh, uh, I was uh, just just thinking that uh, if if everybody here would would want to have a, a one more gathering as far as uh, fellowship and a potluck dinner, maybe at one of the parks before school starts, and that would be next next weekend. Whatever would be preferable for everybody. Uh, I'll leave it open, or we could we could even do that on the last day that Brother uh, Gabriel Reynolds is here. That might be best because I'll probably have to reserve a. See, I can do that now, right? Reserve a. Reserve a park. Reserve yes. a. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The shelters. Uh, the shelters. Yeah, on the twentieth. <laughs> I um, my family's having a family reunion on Saturday at Princess Park. This Saturday. Okay, okay, so that would probably be better than the 20th. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, the 19th, excuse me. Excuse me. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Amen. Also, uh, we've been given the opportunity to uh, have a set. Uh, what would you say a stand but uh, at the uh, during the Labor Day proceedings in, in Wagner on Sunday uh, at the armory in Wagner so so uh, just to be able to raise uh, funds for the church so uh, as far as the details when that starts it goes that evening I think that afternoon or evening up until midnight I think it is I can't remember uh, close close around there but so that, that opening could be given to the church so we could sell, have a stand and sell whatever you want to sell. Everything but alcohol. Right. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going to do that. Of course, Labor Day is Monday in Wagner. So anybody that wants to contribute and help with that, welcome to come be a part of that. So I think that's it as far as our announcements are concerned. I still haven't heard anything from Brother Javier. So, uh, uh, I, 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 he might be back from Mexico by now, I'm not sure, but as soon as I find out anything from him, I will pass the information on to you, and uh, like he said, he'll be making his yearly trip back up here, so pray for Brother Javier, uh, pray for uh, Sister Linda Marshall, her surgery's coming up this month, and Brother Chuck Marshall, and uh, Sister Linda, pray for my wife. Uh, she was going to come this morning, but 
and she's really was having problems moving around, so she uh, stayed home. Amen. So we're pray for them. And uh, tomorrow, or I mean this afternoon after service, I'll be heading to uh, White River. From there, going up to Dunseith, North Dakota, with Brother David. So pray for our trip up there. Uh, we can have safe passage up there and back. Amen. So. And besides all the needs that are represented here, each and every one of you, your family, your homes, everything concerning your needs, your spiritual needs, your material needs, your financial needs. Let's pray for that. So let's all stand and we'll pray. Whose vehicle is that? Okay. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's in this place, O Lord, and we come together in this place, O Lord, and we acknowledge the promise that you've given to us that wherever two or three are gathered in your name, that there you are in the midst of them. So, Father, we acknowledge your presence, Lord, this morning. We ask you to look down upon us, God, that you would give us grace in your sight, Lord, and, Father, that you would minister unto us, Lord, as we are here to, amen, Lord, to worship you. Amen, Lord. As we're here to hear your word, O oh God, we ask you that you would, amen, Lord, pour out your spirit upon us in this place. Amen. Touch us, O oh Lord. Amen. Open up, O oh Father, our ears that we may hear, our eyes that we may see, Lord, and our hearts, Lord, that we can be converted unto you. And God, I pray, Father, that you would pour out your spirit upon us. Amen. Minister unto us. Quicken us and lift us up, O oh God, that we can abide with you in your presence, O oh God. And we thank you, Lord, for this great salvation. Bind us together, Lord, that we can be one body, that we can be of one mind, of one spirit, and one accord in this place. God bless us, O oh Father. Amen, Lord. Pour out your spirit upon us. Amen, Lord, as we are here, Father, in your presence. Amen, Lord. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let it be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Okay, all the... Other Sunday school classes can be dismissed. Praise God. <clears throat> I'd like to welcome everybody, uh, all our visitors, our guests, our visitors that are here this morning. Praise God. Uh, I want to continue on with what we have been studying. And I hope we can learn something. I hope we can gain some insight from the Word of God. Praise God. And so that we can know who we are. Why God called us. Even, even calling us into the church. Of course, even that alone the meaning of it, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Amen. And obviously when God calls you, you're going to come to an understanding. Amen. You're going to know precisely and exactly what it is, praise God, about Him and about us that He, amen, that He desires. So uh, turn your Bibles, if you have a Bible, uh, 
in the book of Hebrews chapter 8. Last week I ended in Ezekiel 11, 19-20. You don't have to go there. And this is what it says, And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. Of course, this is, amen, prophecy concerning the new covenant. And he says that they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. So here we see prophetic word concerning the new covenant, the new testament. And obviously the manner in which the Lord was going to establish it here in uh, Hebrews 8 and we can we can begin with verse number uh, 7 if you would please my main text is going to be out of 10 and 11 but let's start with verse number 7 to kind of give you a, a, a little understanding he says for if that first covenant had been faultless then should no place have been sought for the second for finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. So he says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their heart. This is the new covenant. I will put my laws in their mind, write them, and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people Amen. and he says and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more in that he saith the new covenant he hath made the first old now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish so here we see the writer of the book of Hebrews making reference to the covenants the old covenant of course the transition period those of you that are uh, you study biblical history and and when you talk about you know the significance of the Old Testament and the New Testament obviously that pertains to the Old Covenant and the New Covenant all this centered around and took place after the birth of Jesus Christ okay because he was born for that reason to establish and to present the New Covenant 
So in doing so, the old covenant basically fulfilled its purpose to the people of Israel and to any Gentile who accepted or wanted to worship the Israelites' God. So that old covenant was basically fulfilled and came to its end and be, and then the new covenant was ushered in right even at the time of his crucifixion his passion his death his burial his resurrection actually that's when the old covenant amen just was brought to an end and the bible says you know uh at the time of his passing at the time of his death the bible says you read that in the book of matthew where the where the veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. It was ripped from top to bottom. That was an indication or a sign, as Jesus said, when he passed on the cross, he said, it is finished. He came to fulfill, the Old Testament was fulfilled, but he came to even usher in the new covenant. So that, what he did was, it was finished. So in other words, a binding contract in Eastern custom, a binding contract, if it was disannulled or came to an end, guess what they did? They would tear Whatever represented the the laws or, or, or uh, the the written uh, covenant, they would take and they would tear in two, and that signified the ending or the disannulment of that testament or that covenant. So that's what God did. So the Old Testament basically came to an end, and then the New Testament was 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 beginning to be ushered in. So that's how that's how we can understand. When we talked about the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So obviously we say here, what he said here, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law into their mind. Look, pay attention now. I will put my law into their mind. Look what he's saying. And write them in their hearts. So there's, we see that. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. So I'm going to put my laws in their mind and write them in their heart. God was going to do that. You're going to see that. We're going to, we're going to understand that, that the difference between the two covenants is, is based on this uh, new covenant that he's making with his people. We're going to see the difference between you know, the significance of each and every one of them. Then, so he says, I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Woo! My. Here's, here's the controversy. From the moment this was took place, even from the moment that the new covenant was ushered in, does anybody know when the new covenant was ushered in. The day, of the day of Pentecost. That is the birthday of the church. The day of Pentecost. Amen. Acts chapter 2. We, we, we see the historical account of what happened on the... You notice that he says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, in other words, right when it hit that mark, when the day of Pentecost came, you read the historical account, there came a sound of a, the sound of a rushing mighty wind, 
And it came into the place where they were sitting, the 120 believers. Amen. And it, it sat upon each of them, cloven tongues as a fire. Sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was the birthday of the church. But what is the significance of this? To really understand really what true Pentecostalism is all about yeah. is based upon the apostolic teaching. Yes. That's right. So so when you when you look at it, this was the covenant that he said that he was going to establish. The new covenant. So you think about it. Now, if you if, if you go back and you study the scriptures, you're gonna find out. Remember, he, he referenced the covenant that was made with Israel when they came out of Egypt he referenced that didn't he this new covenant is not going to be the day that I led them out of Egypt he said it's going to be a different covenant the difference in the covenant was this okay if you go back and you study in the book of Exodus when they left Egypt and when they came to Mount Sinai was precisely seven weeks later so seven times seven is what 49. So the day they were to prepare for the Lord to come down upon Mount Sinai was the day after the 49 was what? 50 days. So that was a type and shadow of the new covenant. Why? Because on that 50th day, that's when the Lord descended on Mount Sinai. That's when he came down. Here's something. If you turn with me to the book of uh, uh, the same Hebrew, go to chapter 12. Look, look, what, look what it said here. And, and <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, uh, verse number 24, it says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel, he says, See that ye refuse him, not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refuse them that spake on earth how much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven so he's what he's what he's talking here he's referencing him referencing what took place on mount sinai when the lord descended on mount sinai it says whose voice then shook the earth but now he hath promised saying yet once more i shake not the earth only but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God with God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So look what he says. For our God is a consuming fire. Amen. So here he is referencing, amen, what took place on, on Mount Sinai when the Lord descended on Mount Sinai, amen, and, and basically presented himself to the people of Israel. So when, when you think about that, you think about that and, and uh, go with me back into the book of uh, Leviticus. And you'll see here, chapter 19, excuse me if I didn't give you 
a chapter in, in chapter 19, verse number uh, 16. And, and look, here's, here's, here's what the, the writer of Hebrews was referring to when, when, he, when he said, he, he that spoke from the earth, when he spoke uh, uh, yeah, from the earth, and he says, verse number 16, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that were in the camp trembled. Wow. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. Man. Exodus 19. You said Leviticus. Oh, did I say Leviticus? Oh, excuse me. Okay, excuse me. I'm confusing everybody already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Exodus 19. 16. So here we see, here we see a picture. A picture of what happened when the Lord, after he brought the people out of Egypt, there they were at Mount Sinai 50, 50 days later from, from leaving Egypt. And there he was. He descended upon Mount Sinai. But look at what took place when he descended upon Mount Sinai. I, I like to say this about this, what, what the scripture talks about. This was the God of heaven. This was the God of heaven and all his entourage. Amen. Hmm? Amen. Anybody ever see uh, 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 celebrities and well-known people when they go places, guess what? There's always their entourage with them, Amen. people that, that are there, and they're there, and that's basically they're, they're you know they're they're there to assist, or represent. But here's the Lord and his all his entourage. Mm -hmm. So obviously, we, we we get a description about what was taking place. You see, there were thunders and there were lightnings, and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud. So that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Can you imagine that? Even the earth shaking. Woo! Obviously, when God comes, it's very noticeable. And that's what they that's what they observed. They they observed the presence of the Lord coming down and descending upon Mount Sinai. So when that happened. His presence alone just kind of shook everything. Just shook everything. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine seeing all the, you know, the, the, the Bible says the thick, the darkness, the thick clouds and all the noise. You couldn't really see where it was coming from, but you knew it was, you know, right there. But you could hear the voices. You could hear the trumpets loud, just blasting away. Could you imagine? Woo! 
No wonder the Bible says they stood on another part of the mountain. They stood on the opposite side. But that's the reality of coming face to face with God. His presence. And His presence shook. Shook. Man. Hallelujah. So, so we can see that. So what did he do? When he basically manifested his glory to Israel in that, in that fashion. He called Moses up to the mountain. And Moses was up to the mountain speaking with the Lord. And what did he do? He gave Moses ten commandments. And those were the law that Israel was to keep. That was their instruction, to keep the Ten Commandments. Now, let me tell you something. All the law is contained in the Ten Commandments. Huh? It's not just Ten Commandments and that's it. If you look at the Ten Commandments, if you study the Ten Commandments, they're divided. Because they have to do with God and they have to do with your fellow man. Amen. Their moral laws and their civil laws. We learned that. They're moral, they're civil. Anytime we talk about moral laws has to do with your relationship with God. Your connection with God. That's a moral law. The civil laws have to do with your fellow man. It's our relationship with one another. But all this was introduced in those Ten Commandments. Did you realize this? Amen. The Jews, amen, do their best to keep 613 laws that are given in the Torah. And all 613 laws are all summarized in the 10 laws, in, in the 10 commandments. People don't even know that. So when you keep those commandments, guess what? You're going to be able to keep all 613 laws. course there was fault in this there was fault in, in the Old Testament there was fault where did he find the fault was it with the law no it wasn't the fault was with man and we learned that that amen that it was weak through the flesh that's why people find it difficult to try to Keep the word of God or keep his commandments. You know what? Your flesh gets in the way. It's your, it's your weakness. You cannot. People try to attain to it. People try to be moral. People try to be righteous, but they can't. You know why? This whole thing called the flesh, your humanity. It's hard to do that. The law, the Bible says, Paul said the law in, in, in Romans chapter 8, Paul said the law was weak through the flesh. So what did God do? God wanted to make the covenant, the, the new covenant, a more perfect covenant. Mm -hmm. So that they could walk, his people could walk with God, okay? Mm -hmm. So here's an interesting note. Under the old covenant, the word of God was taught to the people from outside of themselves. You get that? Mm -hmm. You get that? Mm -hmm. 
Under the old covenant, the word of God was taught to people from outside of their selves. Okay? By the teaching of the priests and prophets. So you were taught. The priests instructed you as, as the Lord told Moses and as Moses passed it on, the Levitical priesthood, they were to teach the, the people the difference between the clean and the unclean. Mm -hmm. The holy and the profane. The light and the darkness. Mm -hmm. So they were to be taught. So that instruction came from outside. In other words, somebody had to teach them. Somebody, they had to speak and they had to hear. Mm -hmm. Okay, is everybody paying attention? Mm -hmm. So the law came, the teaching was from the outside came from the outside via the priests and the prophets. Okay? So that was the old covenant. Now here's the difference. The new covenant, the process of teaching would come from within believers themselves. Amen. By, via, the infilling and abiding of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Spirit of God. Yes. So in other words, the Lord said, why do you think he said this? The covenant that I will make, look what he said. Because that covenant, the, the old covenant was an outward covenant. All it did was it came from the outside. He was just trying to control their behavior, their conduct. Mm -hmm. Their thinking from the outside. Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't penetrate the inside. Mm -hmm. All they could do is do their best to obey. Huh? Obey the word of God. But guess what? We all know that. You know what stands in our way? Your human nature. That's, that was the problem with the old covenant. Human nature stood in the way. Okay? Now, let me go on. So the new covenant, the process of teaching would come from within believers themselves by the in, and infilling and abiding of the Holy Ghost. So here we see, here's the word of God being fulfilled. He said, He said, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind. Remember, where were the laws written in the first covenant? On, On the tables of stone. Right. That's where they were written. So they could right. they could read it. Mm -hmm. Okay? But the new covenant, he says. I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts. So here's a, here's the difference. The old covenant was written upon tables of stone. The the new covenant is written upon tables of fleshly hearts. Ooh. That's the significance of the Pentecostal experience. Yes. What happened to Moses? Is anybody that reads the scripture, you read the Old Testament. What happened to Moses when he spent time in the presence of God? He was up there, the first time he was up there 40 days and 40 nights. Can you imagine just standing there fellowshipping in the presence of God? 40 days and 40 nights? Woo, that's over a month. Month and some days, isn't it? In the presence of God, interact. Guess what? All that time he didn't eat. Why? Why do you think he didn't eat? Anybody? Anybody? He was eating. He was in the presence of life itself. In this case, eternal life. Because God is life. So guess what? He didn't have to eat. Why? Because he was in the presence of eternal life. 
he was sustained by the presence of God. Don't you see God's presence can sustain you? So there he was, 40 days and 40 nights. And what was the Lord doing? The Lord was speaking to him. But when he came down off of that mountain, guess what happened? His face was, he had a glow. He had an aura. Why was it? Because that's what the presence of God does. And that was the Old Testament covenant. It just shone on the outside. <laughs> Is everybody still with me? Okay. So, that's why it's important. God said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something better than I did in the Old Testament covenant. He said, I'm not, it's not going to be written upon tables of stone. It's going to be written upon the tables of their fleshly heart. I'm going to put them in there. I'm going to put my law in their minds and write them in their minds and, and, and put them in their heart. So that was a, how did he do that? How did he do that? So, so what I'm saying is when Moses was in the presence of God, obviously the, the spirit of God rubbed off on him. That's why he was, amen. That's why he was, his face was, was glowing. Mm-hmm. His face had the glory of God on it. Yes. Amen. Yes. That's that's the difference that the Spirit of God can make in that in, in a person's yes. life. Right. It can affect you that that's way. Right. So if, yes. if it can affect Moses on the outside, don't you yes. think it can affect Amen on the inside? Yes. yes. So so here we see this. Okay? So so just because of that, just because of hidden abiding, so here's the Lord saying, the new covenant's gonna be better. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put my spirit inside them. They're going to be filled with my spirit. So that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. That's true Pentecostalism. They they experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence. Guess what? Tied together with what Jesus said in John chapter 3. Being born again. Being born again of water and of the spirit. Except a man be born again, he cannot see. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter. So being born again with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, why is it? You're born into the spiritual kingdom, the spiritual realm of God. So obviously, guess what? When a baby is born in this world, what does it do when it comes out of its mama's womb? So when we're born into the the kingdom of heaven, guess what happens? The evidence of being born again, speaking in other tongues. That's what Jesus said. Marvel not that I say unto you that ye must, not maybe, or if you want to, ye must be born again. That's that's all a type and figure of what happened because Pentecost was 50 days after the crucifixion of Christ. His ascension was 40 days. He told him to go wait in Jerusalem 10 more days. 50 days were fulfilled. Guess what? Outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Boom. So when they received the Holy Ghost, guess what happened? The law was written in their hearts yes. and in their minds. Yes. And not on the tables of stone anymore. Right. They're written upon the fleshly tables of the heart. So he wrote, why? That, that, there's a reason why. Okay, let, let, me, let, let me, before I get ahead of myself. Okay. What we're talking about here, what he, when he says this, when he says this in, 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 in verse number 11, he says that. 
and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. So what he's saying here, because of the influence of God's Spirit, when he puts his, fills us with his Spirit, we're going to know him. We're going to know him. Now pay attention to this. This would not do away with teachers nor the written word. But would bring enlightenment from within themselves to that word. Bears witness. The spirit bears witness. It's beautiful when the spirit bears witness. We all have the same Holy Ghost, don't we? Because we have the same Holy Ghost, guess what? The word we speak, guess what? We're going to know. Because the Spirit's going to bear witness. We know that we have His Spirit living within us. So, amen. Here's the thing now. Pay attention to this. In the Old Covenant, one would know about God objectively. Why do I say that? Anybody there? You all know. Right. In the old covenant, people knew God objectively. Being objective. Right. Yeah. Just being objective because you know what? You could say to the commandments of God, no. Right. You're being objective. Maybe some of you are being objective to the teaching right now. Right. That's human nature. Right. Amen. Amen. That's right. So in the old covenant, you could be objective. Mm-hmm. Huh? Amen. That's the difference. New covenant, listen to this. The new covenant, in the new covenant, by the infilling of the Spirit, one experiences and knows God subjectively. So the old covenant, you could be objective. Why? Because guess what? You don't have a spirit abiding in you. So guess what? Human nature. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know why it is people have a hard time living for God? It's not because of God's grace. Right. Huh? That's right. That's right. It's not because of God's grace. It's because of human nature. Yes. We want to. Mm-hmm. We want to be a, objective. But here comes the influence of the Holy Ghost. So because we're filled with the Holy Ghost, He's written His laws in our hearts and in our minds. Guess what? We're we're quickened in His Spirit. So guess what? We become subjective. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah, we can feel the law. Yeah. Yeah? So the infilling of the Spirit is the primary criteria for identifying the people of God under the new covenant. That's why we obey. That's why, guess what? We we should not have any difficulty obeying the word of God. Amen. 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 We've been made alive. Amen. 
We've been made alive. That's that new life. We've been made alive. Listen to this. It's 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 really understandable. Uh, go with me real quick, like uh, to the book of First uh, Corinthians, chapter <clears throat> chapter two, and I'll kind of clarify what I just said to you. But uh, pay attention, pay attention to what the word is saying, because the word will give you insight. The word will give you understanding. And look what it says in verse number 9 in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you have it, it says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Let me emphasize this again. Our human nature stands in our way huh yes. but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit he's talking about the things of God and God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things yea the deep things of God for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. We know. Amen. Because of what we have experienced and the way we live. Human nature knows this. We know all the things about humanity, don't we? Amen. We know everything about ourselves, our carnality. We know our we know our behavior. We know how we think. We know how we act. We know that really well, don't we? Amen. But amen, the things of God, no, nobody knows. That's what Paul's saying. Nobody knows the things of God. So, amen. So, when, when we come to this place where he says, The Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So, we understand that. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. But we have, but we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are really given to us of God. So, the reason why the Holy Ghost is given to us, is so that we can know the things of God. Help us to live for God. Amen. Right. That's when, when that word is quickened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. He says, what things all, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That's what's happening right now. Guess what we're talking about the Word of God. It's spiritual, isn't it? Yes. The law is spiritual. Yes. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. and <clears throat> But the natural man, verse number 14, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Remember, there's that objectiveness. So that's why we need to be. That's why the influence of the Holy Ghost. Let, let, let me reiterate. Let me reemphasize our walk with God. Each and every one of us that believes. Everyone that, if, if we say we believe and we're a Christian, if we've been truly born again, if we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, if we've been baptized in Jesus' name, 
If we're truly born again, because that's what the Bible teaches. If we're truly born again, guess what? It's not just that one-time experience. That's right. Amen. 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 You've got to continue on with your relationship with God after that. Every day, you need to walk in the Spirit. Every day, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Every day, you need to be influenced by the Spirit. You know why? Because your human nature can slow you down. So that's why it's important. So so when, when we see that, when we experience that, based upon what the, the scripture teaches, being filled with the spirit is something that is very, it's vital. It's imperative to our relationship with God. That's what knowing, knowing God is all about when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. I was sharing with these young men not too long ago. I said, everybody, everybody says this. Oh, I wish I could hear the voice of God. I want to hear the voice of God. God does have an audible voice. He does. He has an audible voice. But here's, here's the thing. If, if you hear the voice of God audibly, when He speaks to you, He's speaking from the outside. Right. 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 That's right. Wow. Are you listening? Yes. He's speaking to you from the outside. Right. But Paul here says that we have the Spirit of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Amen. If we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we have the Spirit of Christ. Guess what? So if we have the Spirit of Christ, here's what he says. We have the mind of Christ. Yes. Amen. That's right. So the Holy Ghost will quicken us, influence us, speak to us, not from the outside, from the inside. Amen. Yes. Yes. From the inside. And then people say, oh, I want to hear God. <laughs> right. Pay attention to what you're, the that's Spirit right. of God that's in you. You'll hear God. Because the Holy Ghost will tell you. Yes. Amen. And Amen. guess what? It's going to bear witness with His Word. This is amazing. I don't want to get started yet. I just I don't want to get. I'm trying to behave myself. <laughs> because there's nothing like this salvation. This is the greatest thing that mankind can ever experience. There's nothing like being saved. There's nothing like being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what what the writer said in Hebrews. Amen. Amen. So great salvation. Why do we want to downplay it? And make it like any other religion. Which it's not. Amen. Praise God. There's actually theologians and teachers of the Bible that say, hey, you don't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's not for, for us today. No, 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 no. That's an error. Yes. Amen. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. Amen. Listen to this. Hey, hey, this is. I'll throw this in there. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8. Look what it says. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. He's never changed. He's still the same. If he said for us to be born again, ye must be born again. Guess what? We need to be born again. Okay? But look what he says. He doesn't stop there. (laughs) Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is good. It is a good thing that the heart be established with grace 
not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. So we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to be carried about with divers and strange doctrines. So when people say, hey, you don't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't need to speak in tongues. Guess what? Who told them? Right. Amen. Wasn't God. Amen. It was not. Jesus said, ye must be born Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. So think about that. And, and I'll, I'll reiterate or re-emphasize this again. If you're a child of God, if you're a child of God, I say that, you notice I said if, mm-hmm. if, yep. that all, it, it, it all basically is up to you whether you want to walk in the Spirit or not. Yes, that's right. That's why if, 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 if you choose to walk in the Spirit, you will be saved. Amen. Huh? Amen. Amen. You will you will have eternal life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Huh? Why? Because the Spirit of, of God is living within you. Mm-hmm. It's living within you. You've, you've been quickened. This is this is what Paul said in Romans. Walking in newness of life. Mm-hmm. Walking, letting his resurrected spirit live in you and abide in you so that you can walk and that you can live for God. So as a result, guess what? Because what Paul said in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, he said, you have, been, you have been justified. You have been washed. You have been justified. You have been uh, sanctified. You have been justified, amen, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So because of that, guess what we become? The reality of the word is that if we walk in the Spirit, we become saints. Mm-hmm. So if we're saints, guess what? We're no more sinners. Amen. Because there's a sinner is somebody that doesn't have Christ. Amen. A saint is a, a somebody that is full of Christ. Right. Amen. Am I making sense? Yeah. Just let it settle. Let it settle. Because that's the experience that you and I have. It's the experience that's given to us. God offered it to us. And so if He offered it to us, if, this is, if, if we are to live in this fashion, in this manner, being filled with the Spirit, then praise God, let's be filled with the Spirit. Yes. Let's Amen. walk in the Spirit. Amen. Let's live in the Spirit. Amen. So, did you know that that identifies us with Him? Hmm? Amen. That's right. The infilling of the Spirit is the primary criteria for identifying the people of God under the new covenant. So what do they call us? What do they call us? The Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 11, they were called Christians first in Antioch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why were they called Christians? Because we're Christ-like. You know what that means? Christos. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? Anointed. Mm-hmm. Anointed with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Christos. Amen. Christians. Amen. So we're supposed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Not just because we say, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. No, 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 no. If you're a Christian, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Spirit of Christ is living within you. Right. Amen. What do I more say? <laughs> right. The Apostle Paul. 
What do I more say? What can I say more? So it's a it's a, a, a identifying it identifies the people of God that we are His. Why? Because He's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Even His name, Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Lord, right. Lord, referring to the Father, right. God, yes. Lord, Father, Jesus, Son, Christ. Holy Ghost. They're not three, they're one. Lord Jesus Christ. That's right, three person. That's who the Father is. He's the Son, and of course, He's the one that pours out the Holy Ghost. He said, Bible says, He breathed on Him and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. My, my, my. Praise God. Psalms 119. Look at this right here. Uh, I'm coming to, I'm running out of time already. Looks like we just barely got started. And... <coughs> Psalms 119, if you're there, uh, verse number 25, it says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. You know what? We all have them days. Huh? Mm-hmm. Guess what you're made of? Dust. So there's times your, your soul wants to cleave to that nature. Mm-hmm. Huh? You notice, you notice what it says? Soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your soul. Doesn't say your spirit. Right. Your soul. Your soul cleaves to the dust. You know, that's a, that's our... The, the human nature, your your five senses governed by your will. Your soul cleaves to the dust. Your soul will, will always want to take you there. Yeah. Always wants you to reside there in the dust, in the flesh. Mm-hmm. But look what he says. He says, quicken thou me according to thy word. Amen. When you get to the point where your flesh is starting to bring you down, he said, quicken me according to your word, Lord. Right. Quicken me. Amen. Make me alive. Amen. Amen. Then he says in verse number 40 of the same chapter, he says this, Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Now look what he says. I have longed after thy precepts. What's his precepts? His law. His commandments. I have longed after thy precepts. Then he says, Quicken me in thy righteousness. So when we walk, when we obey the, the laws of God, guess what? We're righteous. Because we're obeying God's word. But he said, quicken me in thy righteousness. In other words, when he said that, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. So quicken. What, what do you, how do we do that? He's, he fills us with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. He, writes it, he writes his laws in our minds and he writes them in our hearts. Quicken us. Quicken us. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Because the law is his righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's how we do it. It's important for you to understand that. It's really important for you to understand that. Mm-hmm. Jesus said this in, in John 6, 63. He was speaking and he said, he, he said, it is the spirit that quickeneth. It's the spirit that makes alive. Mm-hmm. 
The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, the word of God. So if we're filled with the Holy Ghost, guess what? He's gonna he he has written them in our <clears throat> as he said, he said, he said, I have I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their in their hearts. So if that's the case, quicken us, quicken us because your spirit is life. Quicken us. The flesh profits nothing. But the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So guess what? That's why we need to humble ourselves and yield to the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of God, because that will help us. They are life. That's what help us, helps us to live. So I was going to say this. I was going to say this, and I, think, I don't know if I did or not. So when you're a saint, you're not a sinner no more. No, I'm not saying you get so, you know, wound up in yourself that you say, oh, Mom, I'm going to say I don't sin. No, no, no. You could sin. You could fall back into sin. But here's the thing. Ask forgiveness. And let God quicken you. Yes. And amen. guess what? You'll be you'll be a saint. Yes. You'll, you'll, you'll... Yes. Amen. So when Paul says that, when he talks about the righteousness, he said this in Romans 8, 4, and I'm, all, I'm done, we're out of time, so. He says this, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So that's why it's important for us, saints. If you claim to be born again, if you claim to be Pentecostal, well... Be filled. Be filled. Paul would probably offend a lot of people today if he was alive. <laughs> yes, he would. And Buddy likes to say the great apostle Paul. But you know what Paul said? Paul was saying this. He said that. He said this. He said. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So if we're led by the Spirit of God, we are the sons of God. But he said, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Ownership is this. Ownership is being filled with the Holy Ghost. Being anointed. That's why we don't teach that that experience that Jesus himself is talking about in John chapter 3. It's not history. It's for the present day. Yes. It's for the present time. We teach that you must be born again. Thank you very much. God bless. We'll take a break for a half hour. Thank you for your attention.